episode 23. All right, we got our first email this week. Woohoo! You're right. So we've Finally. been asking been asking for emails for 5, 6, 12, 15, 18 weeks. So thank you Marcus. I guess it hasn't been 18 weeks. <laughs> yeah, so we got a, an email from one of our allies named Marcus. He listened to the Judas episode. He appreciated the fact that we looked at Judas from a different perspective as opposed to just the lying, cheating, dirty scoundrel that we tend to paint him as as Christians. But the fact that Mark was written through, we assume John Mark, through that lens of very much bitterness towards Judas. Right. And so he brought up that it may have been Paul or Barnabas's influence while they were ministering together. Which is a valid point. Very valid point. It's a valid point. Yeah. Um, assuming that John Mark is the author of Mark, John Mark was also the secretary for Peter. So could have been a ghostwriter. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, is that if we're accepting that he's the writer, I would say that it's probably Peter's influence that right. gives the betrayer comments through it through the entire chapter, because Peter was in that inner three. Yeah. Right. He was. Possibly the closest person to Jesus, he would have felt the most betrayed by Judas. Now, and he denied Jesus three times. Right. So, I think where does that, that play into it? Well, I think that yeah, there's some a little bit of maybe beating yourself up, right? That that feeds into that. But you also have that interesting. Yeah, you also have that fact that once he comes back, and we talked about this in the Peter episode. Once he comes back. He's super strong. And so it's like, yeah. have you ever talked to somebody who's a reformed smoker? I'm a reformed smoker. Are you a reformed smoker or are you a previous smoker? You know the difference? What's the difference? Okay, so I used to smoke. I smoked for years. Okay. And it took forever to quit. And I still have to be really careful around cigarettes because easy for me, right. it would be easy for me to fall back into that. But a reformed smoker is so far on the other side of that that they get irritated with people that are smoking in their vicinity. I kind of do. Okay. So, I mean, some days I really like the smell of it, but then there's some days that I'm just really irritated with yeah. it. So, and I don't know if that comes from me wanting it so bad or if that I'm just irritated from smelling yeah. the smoke. Well, I dated a girl well before Jen and I started, before we met. This particular girl that I dated was a reform smoker. She was the definition of triggered. Okay. If she walked outside, and this was probably 15 years ago. So if she walked outside and smelled a cigarette, it was like, turn the switch on, super angry, full Karen. Okay. I'm not that way. I'm right. not a Karen. And so this was this is what I think of as reform smokers. So you have, you have these people that are like super triggered by it and will walk out and start looking for the person that's smoking a cigarette because they catch a whiff of it so that they can chew them out and tell them how bad it is. Right. And tell them that they need to quit. And I'm like, I see a little bit of that in Peter. Like, he's so reformed from denying Jesus that he's like, yeah, we're going to make sure that nobody does this. I can see that. And so yep. if that's the case, then I think it feeds a lot into John Mark's portrayal of Judas mm. in Mark. That's good. Through Peter. Interesting. So, Very interesting. See so, what happens when you send us email. So if you... If you disagree with our conclusion of that, then send us an email and we'll address that on the air as well. <laughs> right. So um, I love it. Thanks. Thanks, Marcus, for sending us an email. You're the um, man. Give us something else to talk about. I love that we can interact with you guys. As soon as we get some swag, we'll I'll reach out and get your address and send, yeah. send you some salt and rock swag. 
we're we're not uh, even looking at getting swag though, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> so there's that. All right, so we just finished up talking about Abraham and Sarah. At the end of that episode, we kicked off that we were going to kind of stay on that course, and so. This week, we are jumping into the eight promises that God gave to Abraham. If you want to follow along with us, they are in Genesis 12. 1, 2, and 3. It says, I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse him that curses you, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So we have eight promises is what we state. But in that, there's only seven, so we've added one to it. We added one, because in verse one, it starts with, get thee out of my country. And I read that as, get off this lawn. (laughs) Yeah. God says, get off this lawn. Get off my lawn. So, yeah. Yeah, And and with that is the the prompting to go. And so that's what we're we're deeming the first one is, show where to go. Yeah. You know, so that's our first promise that God gave Abraham. Yeah. The first promise, get out of this country. Leave your father's house. Go to the land that I'm going to show you. Exactly. And so there's a couple things in there I think that really relate to the to today. First, get out of your father's house. Go out. Get, get a, a job. job. Like I always told my boys, I always said, you've got three options. You can go to college. You can get a job, and you can join the military. None of those require you living in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. Um, I think even if you don't look at it in that. Um, humorous way i think that it's big for us because you have to take that step you have to get out of your comfort zone get out of your proverbial parents house Mm -hmm. take that step to start walking towards god's promise to you right and so that ties right in to the the other step of that is that the first thing that he had to do to be able to get that promise fulfilled to him is take that first step that's a big step yeah take you know big step in faith he has no idea where he's going Right. Well, Just and go. <laughs> and and the thing with that is that if you look at the typical family here, you're not leaving. You stay with your tribe. Mm-hmm. You live it with your mom and dad and nephews and brothers and cousins, and you all stay in the same tent, caravan, whatever. And if you do move around a little bit, you move around a little bit. But you're staying in a in a tribal a unit. Yeah. Right. I like so, your tribal unit better. So it's a it's a whole different thought process for him to take off and step out in faith and leave everything behind. Right. I think it's a little surprising for me that his nephew went with him. To be honest. Right. I mean, I, I guess at some point uh, you've got to because there was the the division at that point, the dividing, right? And so it was probably people were all making decisions on which way to go. Right. Do you follow Abraham who was told to just go, you know, and I'll right. tell you where to go once you get where you're going or as you get as you get on the road. Uh, once he takes that step out, he's leaving Babylon, essentially. Uh, it's in this section of the Old Testament is called Ur, Ur, but it's the same area as Babylon. So, you know, you hear a lot of a lot of stuff through Babylon. It's a fairly blessed country, but it's also pretty wicked. There's a lot of negative things throughout right. Daniel and and most of the Old Testament. So there's a lot of that in there. So he's leaving Babylon. He goes goes to a land, which becomes Canaan, essentially. Yeah. is He lands in Canaan. That's where God leads him to. And so then, when you get later in chapter 12, we get into that second promise that God's going to make you a great nation. Yeah, and through that, I mean, with him being the great nation, it, it shows that he's going to be rewarded for his unselfishness 
of, of moving forward and stepping out in, in that faith, right? So, so making a great nation takes those first steps, those faith steps to move forward and go. Right. Without that, you don't get to be the great nation that God's promised you that you're going to be. And so two and three kind of tie in together because technically it's easier to hit three before you talk about two. We're following this the way it was laid out in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. But I feel like if we talk about three, it makes two a little bit more congruent. He's taken that step. He begins to be blessed. You see that he's blessed so much that he and Lot have to split. The Bible specifically right. says that they have more cattle than the land can sustain. So Abraham looks at Lot and says, hey, you choose. Which side do you think looks better? Do you want right. to go this way or that way? Because you pick which way you think is the best, and then I will take whichever side you don't want, which I think is a really big showing of unselfishness because he could have said, well, I'm the elder, so I want this because this looks like there's milk and honey. Exactly. And that looks like barren or you know, barren wasteland. I don't think anything was barren wasteland, but... I think it would have been easier to say, okay, well, this I can see over here. There's already some lush pastures that I can put the goats on, and they can start making milk and cheese for Britain. Mm, and then, goat cheese. But this side is going to be more work because we're going to have to clear some thorns, clear some thistle, all that stuff. So one of, the, one of the next things that we see is where he, after they split, after Abraham and Lot split, Lot ends up getting captured later. Mm -hmm. And so Abraham sends his armies out and they go out and they rescue him. And as they're coming back through, they're bringing the uh, spoils of war. The The victor takes the spoils, right? right? So they're bringing the spoils back. And you have this king, King Melchizedek looks at Abraham and sees him bringing these spoils back. And he says, wow, you're, you're already blessed. Mm -hmm. You already have so much stuff. And now you're bringing this back too. Blessed be Abraham. Blessed be Abraham. And so that doesn't seem like a lot to us, but because it's not whatever. But right. historically, this time, you would say, blessed be the Lord that provided you with this, or blessed be your Lord. But this says, blessed be Abraham. Right. So you've got a king of another country that recognizes the blessing on Abraham and actually calls him out for it. So right. I think, what more blessing can you see when a king calls when you out? When a king blesses you. So, right. So now that we've seen that blessing, I think it's easier to go back in and, and see that making a nation for him. Because we look at that reward for being unselfish, where he gave Lot that choice of land back in Genesis 13. And that's when God is showing that he's got this nation. Because not only is he so blessed, but he's got so much land that you can look north, south, east, west. Right. And everything is his. That's pretty cool. It says, lift up thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, westward, southward, eastward, for all that land you seeth is the is yours. I give it to you. He's being blessed. Yeah. And so with that, it also ties in with later in Genesis 22, and you guys have all heard the story, but when Abraham takes Isaac to the mountain to sacrifice him. Right. And Isaac asked, well, I see the wood and I see the fire, but where's the, where's the, where's the ram? Lord, Lord, Don't worry about Lord, it. Lord will provide. It'll Lord be provided. Provide. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not a big going. deal. Keep doing just what we're doing. Keep, keep Carry carrying. on. Yeah. So when you get to that point, the angel of the Lord comes down and, and talks to Abraham and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Now I know that you fear the Lord. Now I know that you would do anything. Now I know that you would follow through. So don't kill the boy. Right. I, the Lord's provided Provide a ram, a lamb, ram. ram yep. with his horns caught in the thistle. So he sacrifices that. After that sacrifice, 
the angel of the Lord reassures him of that promise and speaks to him through the Lord. So one of the things that I looked at in this is who was actually talking to Abraham in this conversation. Was it an angel or was it God? The Bible says an angel of the Lord. But if you read that passage in Genesis 22, it sounds like it's being spoke directly from God. It says, I will do this for you. I know this now. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Which brings me to something that we hinted on in the Judas episode. Right. That we have friends that have a theology that wasn't necessarily common theology where I grew up. But and it, Nor it, mine. It goes back <laughs> it goes back to God being omnipotent. And this is one of those situations where you look in the Bible and you say, Well, if God's omnipotent didn't he already know that Abraham would sacrifice Isaac if he needed right. him to? Exactly. It's, so, it's a question. So my thing is that God has the power to look and know, but he's not always looking and going knowing. to because yeah. I think that it becomes a problem with free will. I think that we have grace to make decisions. We have the ability to make a choice. Right. And while God knows what the outcome of your choices will be, I don't think that he always knows what choice you're going to make. So, Interesting. So there's a very um, questionable the- theological point. There's an opportunity for somebody to yeah. disagree with so, us and send us an email. Yep. So, um, <laughs> And if you would like more information on that, I have a friend who has a very, very good theology book called Father-Son Theology mm-hmm. that goes into this in much more detail. Because <laughs> this is just the top. Of yeah, it. this is just this, this is just, just the, the top of the muffin. Just a little whipped cream on it. Yep. Uh, but or yeah, is this the little cherry on top? It might, might even which be, one might yeah. it be? So, but that's the thing is when when I was going through this and I read that, like I actually yelled at my wife and I was like, "Hey, how many times have you read this story? How mind blown was I when we were in Indonesia talking about this? We got into this huge theological mm-hmm. discussion, and I'm like, no, 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 no. God's got to be omnipotent. Why? He has to." Because I've always been told that he was. I've always been, told always that was. been that way. <laughs> and I was given umpteen scriptures. So God went from here to there to see what what the outcome was. There's right. a Josh, battle that Josh was in that it specifically says, and the Lord departed this area to go here to see what the outcome was. And and I'm like, well, if he knows everything, why did he have to leave? Why did he have to go to see it? To find out. And so I, Interesting. Yeah, so I yelled at Jen. I was like, um, how many times have we read the... Abraham Isaac story. Like, we named our son Isaac. Right. I never noticed it. And she was like, hmm. So, and and I will say, it does say angel of the Lord. Right. So you could make the argument that it's the angel of the Lord that's talking. The angel of the Lord didn't know. But if that's the case, why did God let the angel tell him to sacrifice Isaac in the first place? Yeah. Because God could have just said, nope, I already know. So. Already know. It doesn't matter. Right. Don't go that direction. So. It's yeah. okay. The other other side of that, I guess, might be, we might get this in an email, but it could have been to reaffirm to Abraham that he loved God that much. Because, right. and, and sometimes it does take us having that realization, maybe it's through an act, right. but us to get that real, realization saying, oh, he does love me. You well, know? or we or, love him. Or we love him. Like you get to that point and you say, I don't. I don't know why you want me to do this, but I'm going to be obedient to you. I mean, I've been in places, I mean, my whole life, I've felt like that I loved God and that, and that he loved me. Right. But I can tell you by going through counseling and a lot of the things that I've gone through, I've really found that he loves me. I mean, and that's 
transformational. Right. You know, I mean, when you when you finally come to that realization that it's not just this father figure up in the sky floating around doing stuff that he actually loves you and wants that relationship right. with you. Yeah. It is dynamically changing on your life. So oh, I mean, yeah. so I mean that could be Abraham needed to know that God did love him as well. So it could have that could have been more for Abraham than for yeah. everybody else. I don't know. So, but it's fun to th- fun to think about. Chew on that. Send us an email. Yeah, let us know. So that it could definitely just be something for Abraham in that right. situation. Yep. Um, but what we see out of that is that that blessing is reassured, and from there it's passed on. It's told that it's going to be given to Isaac. It's going to be given to Jacob. It's renewed, and we'll see that as we go on. That this isn't just a Abraham's blessed and it ends there. It's going to be given through his seed, mm-hmm. which is part of part of him being blessed, but it also feeds into the next five blessings. So from there, we see several references in Isaac's life and Jacob's life throughout the rest of the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, and still today. Today. Like, we <laughs> sing Father Abraham yep. had many sons. Many sons had Father Father Abraham. So that, I mean, still today, that's... I am one of them. Pretty great. And so are you. Pretty great name. Yeah, I I know you're baiting me to sing. <laughs> Good try, though. I, I told you before we started rolling. I told Britton before we started rolling. Every time I sing, I cut it. Every, I know. Every time. Uh, yeah. You should just sing this one. No. This one's worth you singing. If you I'll want, sing it with you. If you want to hear me sing, you have to just come send me an email. <laughs> to WorldCast Conference in the summer yeah. while I'm emceeing because I sing happy birthday to anyone oh. who has a birthday during conference. We'll have to record it and play it on here. Uh, you can buy. You can go to the Worldcast website, and you can actually buy there buy the recordings. You sure you don't want to sing the song? I sh- no, I'm sure I don't. I should. I should probably ask them to give me a cut of anything that. If you mention Salt Plus Rock when you order those recordings to hear me sing, uh-huh. then I will get some proceeds. I, from I Worldcast. think they're probably going to become millionaires <laughs> just know. to hear you sing <laughs> Happy Birthday. That's going to work. But. <laughs> so not only do we sing a song though, but when you look through the New Testament, you've got. He's referenced as the, the father. Book of Romans, Book of Galatians, Book of Ephesians. You see three different large cities in the early church that are written. Specifically, Galatians 3, 8, and 9. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing of Abraham because of his faith. So I think it ties right back into the faith that we talked about in promise number one. He stepped out in faith. As Christians, we are all grafted into that vine. And we are all heirs of Abraham, and therefore we are all part of that blessing, which we'll get into later. That's a great thing that you have somebody that is given multiple times to multiple cities, and now every Christian that reads the New Testament is reading about Abraham still. Yep. Like, I don't know how you can make your name any greater. Realistically, that's probably all the time that we have for this week. So if you want to tune in next week, we will jump into the final four of the eight promises that were given to Abraham in Genesis 12. We look forward to seeing you. Stay salty, my friends. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash salt plus rock. Once again, all letters S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. 